Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian nutritionist. We will continue our women's health series today and talking all about cholesterol. Why I wanted to spend some time in this women's health series talking about cholesterol is there's a few things, especially for women in their late 30s, 40s, and early 50s that start to become a diagnosis or we start to get numbers tested for some things. These things tend to be like blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol on some of the screenings that we get. So why I want to talk about cholesterol is because high cholesterol can put you at risk for heart disease and stroke. And so if we're able to figure out and maybe modify some of the risk factors that we have now for those things, and high cholesterol is one of those, then perhaps we can decrease our chance of developing or it getting to the point that you you have a development of a, of a worsened um, disease state such as heart disease. So before we start the episode, I wanted to thank you all for being listeners of this podcast. I am so grateful for the continued listening and feedback and support provided by all of you. The mission of this podcast is to empower women just like you to take action and become empowered when it comes to your health, to finally put yourself first and feel like you are worthy and deserving of that, of putting yourself first when it comes to your health and not putting everyone else's needs before your own. If you know a woman like you who could benefit from this information, please share with them. Please share with them this podcast so that we can continue to further this mission. And again, I really appreciate all of your listening. It's, it's, I'm truly grateful for that. So now let's talk about cholesterol, what it is, what are some of the risk factors for cholesterol, high cholesterol, what are some of the numbers that are concerning when it comes to cholesterol and what you can do about it. Um, most of the information from this episode is going to be taken from sources such as Mayo Clinic and the American Heart Association, Harvard Health and Cleveland Clinic and things like that. I will leave all of this information in the show notes of this podcast episode. So cholesterol is something that everybody has in their bodies. It is a fat that moves through, through your blood. So when you think about like um, cholesterol, I want you to think of it in the texture wise that it's probably like a, like a waxy, like, um, like a waxy fat looking globule. And that doesn't break apart very easily. Right. But cholesterol is something that every cell in your body needs in order for it to function the way that your body is supposed to function. So cholesterol is necessary to form hormones that your body needs. And it's really important in the um, development of different vitamins and carrying vitamins to where they need to go. And for vitamin D, um, cholesterol is necessary for that vitamin to be made. One of the things about cholesterol that I'm not sure that you guys know is that your body makes cholesterol and then also you get cholesterol from the food that you eat. So there's two ways that cholesterol is, um, gets into your body. So the first one, A, is what your body makes it because your body needs it, like we just talked about. And then also from the foods that you eat. Most things that have cholesterol in them are usually products that um, are from an animal product. But despite your body making it because it needs it, things start to get a little bit worrisome when you have too much cholesterol and that might be from your diet 
probably it is probably from your diet. And so then it becomes a little bit more worrisome, your cholesterol levels. And that's because high cholesterol increases your risk of developing heart disease and stroke. So controlling your cholesterol is a way that we can really, um, you know, start to prevent heart disease and prevent stroke. It decreases your risk. So that's why I wanted to talk about cholesterol because we're probably getting to an age again that we are um, getting tested for these things on a more routine basis than maybe we previously were. If you have any other risk factors, such as smoking or diabetes or high blood pressure, your risk of increased cholesterol may be a little bit higher. So when we talk about cholesterol, what are we actually talking about? Well, we're talking about things like you'll hear your LDL cholesterol, your HDL cholesterol, and then in those, you may also see a word called triglycerides. So when you're going through numbers, when it comes to cholesterol, typically you're going to, the big ones are probably going to be your, when I'm talking about the LDL, the HDL and the triglycerides. So the LDLs are the bad cholesterol. This is the stuff that builds up on the walls of your arteries and can lead to an increased risk of heart disease and stroke. Your HDL, so we always like to call the HDL is like your hero cholesterol. This is really important because the HDL is helpful because basically what it does is it sees that you may have these higher levels of um, cholesterol and it basically helps take it to the liver where it's produced and it gets rid of the cholesterol out of your body. So you want to have these HDLs because they're really helpful in decreasing the amount of LDLs that you have. And then triglycerides are this fat that sits in your blood that increases your risk of heart disease. So typically when we are talking about cholesterol numbers, we, you'll you'll probably see something like, um, your total cholesterol, right? What the doctors typically want you to have in the States. I don't know if it varies in different countries, but typically total cholesterol numbers are the request is for them to be less than 200. So when you look at your HDL, LDLs together, you want them to be less than 200. In terms of your LDLs, remember this is your bad cholesterol, you want this to be less than 100. So of your total cholesterol, 200 is better, under 200, and your LDL is less than 100. Now, some people who have um, already have coronary artery disease present those, your doctor may want those LDL numbers to be a little bit lower than 100. That would be something that your doctor would be able to talk to you about. And then also you're going to have these HDL cholesterol, right? Remember, this is your good cholesterol. So ideally you want to have this number be 60 or higher because remember what they do is they help basically transport the bad cholesterol to your liver so that your body can get rid of it. So ideal is to have this HDL, your hero cholesterol, their HDLs to be higher than 60. Sometimes for for some women, I guess, depending on what your, what your heart disease risk is, it's acceptable to have a number of 50 or above for your HDLs. And then it comes to um, triglycerides. We typically, the doctors will recommend that you do less than 149 for your triglycerides, okay? So having any of these numbers higher than that are going to put you at risk for heart disease and they are going to put you at risk for stroke. So that's why it's really important for cholesterol numbers to be 
um, identified, you know, sooner rather than later so that there can be some kind of intervention done to prevent it from getting to heart disease or stroke. Some of the risk factors when it comes to having an elevated cholesterol would be things like your age and sex. So it seems like the research suggests that men and women are of equal risk of developing, um, you know, high cholesterol. However, with women after menopause, so whatever age that is for you, after menopause, so let's say it's in the 50 to 55 range, you're at more of a risk to have your LDL levels rise. Remember, that's your bad cholesterol. And your HDLs, your good cholesterol to drop. So, you know, if, if you're a woman and you're after menopause, this could be something that would happen to you. There's other things such as... Um, you know, people that have other disease states may also be a risk factor for developing high cholesterol. Some of these disease states are diabetes or HIV AIDS or hypothyroidism, which might be something that a couple of you women out there have, lupus or kidney disease. So they're all going to be putting, they're all going to be putting you at risk for high cholesterol. And some medications are also going to put you at risk for having high cholesterol. These are medications to treat HIV AIDS, cancer, acne, blood pressure. Um, if you're someone who has had an organ transplant or if you have a regular heartbeat, like some kind of arrhythmia, you may be taking some medication that may increase your risk of developing um, high cholesterol. Some other things that are going to be more modifiable risk factors that are going to increase your risk, your risk of developing high cholesterol are going to be things like smoking. So smoking is going to increase your risk. Um, if you're drinking too much alcohol, that's going to put you at risk. Um, if you don't exercise, so inactivity will put you at risk. If you have a diet that is high in cholesterol or saturated fats or, or trans fatty acids, that's going to put you at risk. There's going to be all these like different risk factors. Um, you know, one other thing that's going to put you at risk is, wait, we talked about inactivity is going to put you at risk. So if you're like sedentary lifestyle, but I think we just talked about that. And then also being obese is going to put you at risk. So, you know, the weight I feel like is a, is a tough thing when we talk about here because, you know, maybe a lot of us fall in that category that we're obese. So I felt like I needed to talk about it, but I also want to talk about it in the prevention part of it or what we can do to modify it. Um, because I think probably the behaviors that you do are going to be really important here. So, you know, you may be at risk because of your weight, but if you're eating a different way and you're changing how much physical activity activity you're doing that's where I would focus on <clears throat> excuse me on making some of the changes that you can do because that will help with everything not just focusing on weight I think focusing on the behaviors it's probably going to be where you want to be and what's going to give you the more bang for your buck so when it comes to cholesterol what are some things that we can do to decrease our risk well, first would be to, if you are somebody who smokes, to decrease your risk of developing high cholesterol would be to stop smoking. Um, what we know about smoking is that it can have an impact on your cholesterol. So if you can stop smoking, that will for sure decrease your risk of developing high cholesterol. Um, next would be to stop drinking. So if you are somebody who drinks a lot, 
what I would say is to remember the numbers for women in terms of alcohol abuse is usually um, no more than one drink per day for women, no more than two drinks per day for men. So it's not even that you have to stop drinking, it's just that you have um, you know, that you drink less than maybe you're already doing. So if you're somebody who's drinking a lot more than that, definitely drinking less and trying to hit those numbers less than one, you know, one or less for women, two or less for a man will help decrease your risk of developing high cholesterol. Um, let's talk about activity. So what we know is that for activity, exercise in itself most people aren't getting the recommended amount of activity which is 150 minutes per week which it can be broken down into 30 minutes five days a week so we know that what's really great about exercise is that it helps increase your hdl number remember that hdl is the good number it's the hero lipid and so studies suggest that um, women who exercise are at um, at higher risk of getting um, higher HDL numbers are good cholesterol numbers. So overall exercise and diet are two of the really big things that you can do to decrease your risk of high cholesterol. And so let's talk about diet because diet is something that is important when it comes to the weight risk factor as is exercise. So typically remember at the beginning, I said that cholesterol comes in two forms, either your body makes it or you get it from the food that you eat. So a lot of this, like cholesterol, if, you, if you're not somebody with a family history, could be in what you're eating. So foods that are high in cholesterol, that are high in saturated fat, and that are high in trans fats are the things that increase your cholesterol numbers. So when we talk about high in cholesterol and saturated fat, typically what I'm talking about here are things like... Um, are things from animal products. So we know that animal products, especially like fatty meat, so when you're looking at meat and it's really marbled and has that fat on the outside, that is gonna be something that if you eat that whole thing, that's gonna increase your cholesterol because it has more fat in the actual item. And the same with full fat dairy. I mean, if you if you are, you know, you know, full fat dairy is something, it's an animal product, so it is going to increase your risk of cholesterol. Now, I'm someone that my cholesterol is okay, so I do have full fat dairy. I prefer vitamin D um, dairy products. So again, in these things, it's going to depend on what your numbers are. So I'm not saying that you have to decrease your, you know, these things. I'm just kind of giving you an overview of what would decrease your cholesterol if you're somebody who is at risk for high cholesterol. If you've already been diagnosed with high cholesterol and you're trying to figure out ways to minimize it, or if you're somebody who has heart disease or a family history of our strong family history of heart disease. Um, some other things that are going to increase your cholesterol would be things like coconut and palm oil. So I know coconut oil can be like all the rage, but coconut oil does have a lot of saturated fat as does palm oil. And so, you know, if you are or have already been diagnosed with um, high cholesterol, decreasing coconut oil may be something and palm oil may be something that will help you get your um, cholesterol numbers in check. The other thing was what we talked about was these trans fatty acids. So trans fatty acids are typically things that are 
that are like man-made essentially I guess you can say so these are going to be things that are found in like cookies and crackers and processed food it's going to be this kind of fat that you typically will see in like hydrogenated oils and things that are going to be in these like I guess what you see is like snack food items so if you're eating chocolate chip cookies or you're eating those like um you know if you're eating Oreos or if you're going to a bakery, they're going to be things that have your trans fatty acids. And again, you may not need to decrease this so much if your levels are in check in terms of cholesterol, but just kind of putting it out there that these are some of the things that um, you know we start to worry about when it comes to high cholesterol. So what can you do to decrease your risk of cholesterol? Well, um, trying to minimize the amount of um, foods that are high in cholesterol, like your saturated fat, your oils that have that are high in saturated fat, like your coconut and palm, and your trans fatty acids. And instead, you know, I think that in this whole women's health series, you will see kind of the same recommendation when it comes to all of the disease states and what they have in common. So, it will typically be. Um, you're a diet high in like fruits and veggies and whole grains and lean meats and limited animal fat products. And so why that's really helpful is that usually a diet high in fruits and whole grains are going to be really high in fiber. And fiber is so great when it comes to lowering cholesterol numbers. I just love fiber. So fiber is something that is, it can be really confusing because there's different kinds of fiber, but fiber is great because, you know, first of all, most people don't get enough fiber. So the recommendations per day is to get about 25 grams of fiber. Most people don't even get close to this. And so eating things that have fiber in them will help increase the fiber that you're taking in. So when we talk about fiber rich foods, we're typically talking about like beans and oatmeal and fruit. And this is like the fresh fruit if your body can handle it. So this is like the things with the skin on it or just anything that's going to be a fresh fruit. Some people may not be able to do a lot of fiber depending on their disease state. So there are people who have like irritable bowel or some kind of GI dysfunction. They may not be able to do a little bit. They may not be able to do as much fiber. But if you are able to do fiber, how fiber is so great when it comes to cholesterol is that essentially when you eat these foods that are high in fiber, again, beans, oatmeal, fruits, they basically bind to these cholesterol that's sitting in your body. So remember, cholesterol is like hard to break down because it's like a wacky, um, it's like a waxy like substance that's a little bit harder. And so basically what fiber does is it comes in and it binds to this cholesterol, which is hard to break down. And it helps it it helps it so that it's not absorbed into your body. And so because of it's not absorbed, your fiber binds to it and then takes it out so that you essentially will poop it out or get rid of it. You'll you'll waste it. So it's great in, in, in that it won't allow it to get absorbed into your body. It will keep it from doing that and it'll get rid of it before it happens. And so also we had talked about this idea of of weight, right? When it comes to high cholesterol risk. So I know this is something that everyone here is probably like, oh shit, my weight. Well, sure. Weight is being obese is maybe going to put you more at risk for having high cholesterol. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, research suggests that even a 10% weight loss can decrease your risk. If you're somebody who already has high blood pressure, I'm sorry, if you're somebody who already has high cholesterol, any weight loss will help decrease your risk of developing high cholesterol. 
But I will say that if you are somebody who is obese, but say you're eating a lot of animal products and you're somebody who is maybe not so active, perhaps, you know, increasing your physical activity, even if it's, you know, 10, 10 minutes a day when currently you're doing nothing and starting to decrease the amount of animal products that you're eating, perhaps this will help decrease your risk of cholesterol by, by those small deductions and then kind of moving from there instead of focusing all about the weight. Because remember, like as we start to get older, I think that, you know, weight kind of, it's always kind of maybe in the back of your mind, at least it is for me. So maybe it is for you too. But I think as we start to get older, there starts to be more of this idea of like, okay, I, I don't want to get these disease states. I don't want to be at risk for heart disease. I don't want to do these things. So I feel like when we're younger, weight can be such a focus because maybe we're not diagnosed with anything yet. And we feel like we're still, you know, we're still like nothing can touch us. We still feel like we, nothing can hurt us. But as we start to get older, we maybe don't feel that way anymore. And that we know we're starting to have more of our friends being diagnosed with high cholesterol. And so these are the precursor to other bigger diseases. And so what I would say is to kind of really focus and start instead of focusing on weight, let's really start to focus on the composition of what you're eating and what you can do to improve your life because they will also help improve your numbers and make you feel better, right? So if you're eating a diet that's less animal products and that is that you're working out a little bit more, even if it's just a walk, you know, a couple of days a week, but maybe you're not doing anything. This is going to help you in so many ways. Some of the ways are going to be something that you see because it might be like you feel better and you feel like you have more energy, but probably in some ways that you're not going to see it is going to be things like your numbers. It's going to be like your cholesterol or your diabetes risk or your, um, blood pressure might be lower. And so these are some of the things, especially when it comes to cholesterol that you're not going to have, you're not going to feel that your cholesterol is high. It's not going to be, you're not going to probably even know it until you get your numbers read by your doctor. And this will vary according to what your age is. So the National Heart Lung Institute recommends that cholesterol screenings occur every one to two years for women um, for men ages 45 to 65 and for women ages 55 to 65. So people over 65 should receive cholesterol tests annually. So essentially it's going to depend on where you live. It's going to depend on your insurance. But if you're over the age, if you're like, I, I have just gotten my cholesterol numbers checked. I am 46. And so I don't know, I'd have to check with my insurance to see how often I would get those um, test it. My suspicion is that it probably also depends on your family history and what your previous numbers have been. And so insurance and just overall health is probably going to, um, you know, it's probably going to dictate how often you would get it done. But I would say to kind of know what your numbers are just so that you have an idea of where you stand when it comes to your health. I know it can be something really scary, but it's something that like if you're able to control and make these small changes now, it will help you in the long term decrease your risk of heart disease and stroke. As always, when I talk about anything on this podcast, I always recommend progress over um, over perfection. So whether it's something so small that you can take today a step, anything that you do is going to be something better than maybe what you were doing yesterday. So perhaps today you use a shit ton of coconut oil or you eat a lot of red meat. 
So maybe you decrease the amount of coconut oil you're, um, you're consuming by one day, or maybe you reduce the amount of meat that you're consuming when it comes to red meat. Or maybe the small step that you can take is taking a walk a couple of days a week, or maybe it's just getting your, your cholesterol numbers checked and so that you kind of know where you stand. So it's not about this all or nothing attitude. I mean, certainly if you want to do that and that works for you, you can. But in my experience in working with people with heart health, it seems to be that that can be really, really overwhelming. And so trying to make one change today will be something that seems a little bit more manageable and that will help you kind of get to where you want to be, especially when you get to an age that you're more at risk for developing heart disease disease, which we're going to talk about all on our next episode. So I appreciate you guys listening today and I will see you back here on Thursday and we'll talk all about heart health. And um, as always, progress over perfection, making one change, 1% change today will help over the long run. And just to be kind to yourself and not feel like you are like paralyzed because you have so many things that you need to do, just take it one step at a time and then just kind of keep going through and you'll get to a place that you probably start to feel more comfortable with. Okay. So I'll see you guys back here on Thursday and have a great week.